Welcome to the Modern Independent, where we are on a mission to assist modern independent workers in accelerating their growth, both personally and professionally. Every year, our parent community, Indie Collective, offers two 10-week accelerator programs known as the Launchpad. In these programs, cohorts of around 80 independent consultants and coaches, just like you, gain access to an expert-led curriculum, then work together to set bigger visions and goals for their business and lives. If you're interested in learning more about our 10-week Launchpad cohorts, go to www.indiecollective.co, where you can learn about the program, hear members speak about their experiences, and apply for the next cohort. We accept applications on a rolling basis, and as a podcast listener, you'll receive priority when applying for an interview, as well as a limited-time $500 friends and family discount. Just reference the podcast in your application. And now, on to the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Modern Independent, hosted by Indie Collective. I am your co-host, Jan Almasy, and on this segment, The Launchpad, we will be interviewing peers that have graduated from the Indie Collective cohort and are looking to provide some of the things that they've learned along their journey to us to help us along our journey. So today, I'm sitting down with Larnell Vickers, um, and he is somebody that helps purpose-driven leaders identify their next career move, and take action with confidence to increase their impact in the world. After working in recruiting, education, nonprofits, and career coaching over the last decade, he decided that it was time to offer a more personalized way to help purpose-driven leaders bring their career dreams to fruition as a career coach and consultant. So here are just a couple of the things um, that he has, uh, some of the results that he has achieved and equipped and empowered his clients. Um, so the first one is increasing salary by 15000 through identifying and landing a new job, transitioning their role from manager to a director level, accomplishing 90% of annual professional goals through greater clarity gained from vision setting and road mapping exercises. Obtaining a $20,000 increase in salary as a result of gaining additional expertise about the salary negotiation process and engaging in role-playing and practice to increase confidence in the salary negotiation process. And finally, pushing somebody and gro growing them into a place where they felt that they were ready to apply and attain their dream job in alignment with their passion and purpose by making a bold move from New York City to Denver. I cannot wait to dive in <laughs> and dig um, into the lessons that you are going to be able to provide us today. So Larnell, well, thank you for your time and welcome to the Launchpad. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. I'm super, super excited to be here, especially being that um, just completed Indie Collective Spring of 2022. So I'm super excited just to share and so thankful to be welcomed into the space. Yeah. So, I mean, and as coming from, you know, as a, as a, um, dual cohort grad, um, <laughs> indie collective, I can, I can 100% attest to almost like that first, that first cohort buzz, um, oh, for sure, yeah. after you get done with that first 10 weeks, uh, at least for me personally, um, I'd be curious about what your experiences felt like. I know for me personally, it was like, getting hit by an information fire hose um, <laughs> you know, to put no, it sure. um, and it, it felt like almost like that information fire hose was 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 on full blast throughout that 10 weeks and then there was like this um 
in in coming from a nursing background in in the neurology space you call it like a refractory period right mm -hmm. when your when your nerves fire there's this short period of time where they're like gathering energy back into themselves before they're capable yeah. of firing again mm -hmm. and immediately following that cohort i felt like i was in a refractory period like everywhere i looked i was like oh my gosh there's so many things that i didn't see before <laughs> and now i know them um has, has yeah. it been a similar experience for you post your first cohort Yes, yes, no, for sure. I would have to really, though, acknowledge the people. I met such amazing, talented professionals, entrepreneurs out in the world. And shout out to my A-team. Uh, I'm actually working um, and partnering with someone from my A-team that I met oh, through Indie awesome. Collective. Yes. And so they're consulting with me and helping me to bring to life um, Creative with the Soul. We've done this like online version of this event will bring together job seekers and hiring managers for a day of learning uh, impact. And so just through the A-team, and A-team is just a, a group of people that come together as you're going through the Indie Collective experience to help grow, support you, and provide you feedback on your business. And so I uh, was able to connect with one of the individuals from that team and we're working together. Uh, but to your point, like, I mean, I learned so much information uh, I'm actually going to go back through it again <laughs> uh, in the fall um, to, again, connect with folks and just to learn and to to revisit all the information because it's so much and it's all such good stuff uh, and to start applying it to the business. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I um inside of my actually it wasn't even somebody inside of my direct A team. It was somebody okay. that my A team essentially between my, Sam and my A-team, they were like, you need to meet this woman. Um, <laughs> and me and Alyssa Greenfield as another um, Indie Collective uh, alum, yeah. um, we linked up after like midway through my second cohort. Um, and then within a quarter, we like ideated, created, and delivered a LinkedIn personal branding full workshop. Oh. Um like built it like it, it's an hour long curriculum plus a half an hour of interactive workshop breakout rooms. Um, and we were able to do that within a quarter because we literally just told ourselves, we're not exactly sure what's going to come out of this, but we're going to meet for an hour a week, every week from now until whatever comes out of our brains comes out of our brains. Cause people told us that we need to try to collaborate on something and then boom, like, LinkedIn course. It was so <laughs> the people, the people are so crazy. The connections that you're able to make and the oh, yes. kind of the, um, like the unified aligned vision of, Hey, we want to try to go somewhere together. What can I do to help you? What talents do I have that yes. you may not, you know, let's trade information. Let's help each other grow. And that's, yeah. that's really what I found to be the true value add. Yes. All the information in the classes is cool. And, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, you can find a lot of those individuals. They put out content on YouTube and Instagram and on That's their media sure. blogs. And, you know, but there's something different about receiving that information and then having that small, intimate group of people to help you process it and figure out like, OK, yeah, we learned that. But but what does that mean for us? Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. I mean, I got such great feedback. So part, you know, we meet for a teams every Monday. And so you're going around and yeah, you're sharing wins and celebrations, but also you're just getting really good feedback for people who want the best for you, you know, and I was able to take that feedback and apply it. So you're taking the learning to where you're learning throughout the Indie Collective experience, but also you're getting that feedback and ways to apply it. And as well as being held accountable. So 
Right. I mean, echoing just what you said, like the community is so, so valuable and, and super helpful, helpful. Yeah. So, so in order to end up in indie collective, you have to be a person with, you know, a specific type of mentality, you know, you're kind of seeking a specific thing in the world. And, and for a lot of us, um, coming into the cohort, it's these, these individuals that see something bigger, better, um, they want more balance in their lives. They want to be able to pursue something that's complete alignment with themselves and be able to monetize that in a way that allows them to live the life um, that they want to live, you know, not feel chained to a job that you have to, you know, execute on this and then you get the chance to live. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this difference. So for me, that's that's really the journey of going into solopreneurship, entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. you know, independent freelancer, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, it's stepping off of the proverbial boat into yeah. the chaos and being willing <laughs> to kind of like walk and figure out what's going on. So, um, as far as your personal journey into entrepreneurship goes, like how, how did that, how did that start? When did you know that, that you were going to, um, pursue something entrepreneurial? Yeah, for sure. So one, I always envision myself going off and started my own company, my own business. I didn't know when and where and how and how it would all come together, but I knew it was something that I desired. And I also want to think back to like my childhood and just growing up, like there were business owners, um, there were people in my family, people, cousins, aunts, uncles, like folks around me who were starting companies and businesses. So I was around it, um, but I didn't know all the ins and outs of what they were doing or how they were doing it. Um, but it was something that was kind of like also in my genes or just in my family heritage to pursue that. And so it just so happened that, um, one, I was working, I've always been in recruitment. I've been in recruitment for 10 plus years. Um, That while I was in recruitment, I wanted to be able to have deeper, open, uh, real conversations with folks, job seekers, and land the next role. You know, as a recruiter, you're going on to calls, you're interviewing candidates, you're asking them questions, you're evaluating them for their skill sets and how they're going to be a good fit for the company. But I wanted to have a bigger conversation outside of that. And so that's when I got into coaching uh, and got my coaching certification. And so while I was still working full time, I would coach on the weeknights. uh, um, I would coach weeknights and as well as weekends and was really just learning and growing and coaching uh, and really helping and impacting folks. And so that continued to grow. And also I was doing some recruitment consulting work on the side as well. Uh, and so that was continuing to grow. And so it became where I was a choice point where do I continue to grow my career uh, at a full time role or do I take a leap of faith, you know, with a handful of coaching clients I had as well as recruitment consulting clients I had take the leap of faith and just go off and build it and put all my um, emphasis and efforts towards it. And so that's why I decided to do. Mm-hmm. And so I made the jump in 2020, January of 2020. And I've been at this ever since. Um, and so as you all know, the pandemic hit in March. And so it was very much then having to rethink and retool and re-strategize around like my services and how I help people, um, but was able to really get feedback, do training programs, and to really then apply those learnings to really keep moving forward, even though mm. with all that happened um, in 2020 in March. Right. Yeah, that's what... <laughs> that's... Um you're really similar to the, to the path that, um, that, that my entrepreneurship journey kind of took as well. Like I, I literally, I was an ICU nurse, um, and, um, work, I was in the military at the time 
um, mm. going into December of 2019. And then January 1, like New Year's Eve and New Year's Day of 2020, I was like, by the end of this year, I'm either going to be an entrepreneur or I'm going to just like be done with this podcasting idea and social media marketing and website development or whatever. And I'm just going to go be a nurse anesthetist and call it a day. Like I had a solid career footing, you know, like being an RN is 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 solid, um, especially by um, the standards of my family. And so that that year in January, I made that decision. I was like, okay, I'm going to cut back in at the hospital. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then, damn, man, like March comes around and I'm like, I picked the <laughs> perfect year to give myself a ultimatum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just like everything went sideways. All right. So I thought at first, but what actually ended up happening, which was kind of cool, is the pandemic shifted so many mentalities so quickly that I actually found that it was the perfect time to to make that decision um what was what was that experience like for you you know post okay telling yourself i'm gonna do this and then and then what what actually happened uh for you in in march yeah so part of it was just like just serve help people so i'm a career coach right and so i'm on linkedin and i would just post i would share advice i would share tips um, I did a whole post. I think I did like one or two posts where I was like, hey, send me your resume. And when you send me your resume, I'll look over it and as well as provide connections with people in my network who match to the types of roles that you're interested in. And I would get hundreds, like 200 of resumes coming in. And I would organize. I had like a VA that would help me to organize, uh, reach back out to folks, connect folks with folks in my network, follow up with folks, provide folks with, um, feedback on the resume and as well as just meet and just have conversations. Mm-hmm. And then just through helping and supporting people, it just formed into a business. People wanted more coaching. People wanted more help. I like start organizing my services and how I talk about my services and the value of them and the outcome of when you work with me, this is what you can expect. This is what you can get. That just really increased the clientele and the impact of the work that I was doing with folks. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how much, how much simple conversations with people can really yeah. bring insight into into what you're what you want to do. Do you find that often um, with coaching, especially because I feel like coaching, um, uh, like working inside of the psychology space, right? Coaching, I feel like coaching and and therapy are very very like close, but they're mm-hmm. completely different things, right? Like yeah. you cannot call yourself a therapist as a coach, and not all therapists I know are capable of coaching. Um, cause it's, it's kind of a different mentality, but it's amazing when you get into those conversational spaces with people, the things that they almost already intuitively know about themselves or what they want, they just need a couple of questions or that person that's willing to listen and like genuinely give them advice that you believe is going to be best for them, right? Like detached mm-hmm. from the outcome. Um, you're able to provide them like, Hey, here's yeah. an objective look at where you're at. And if this mm-hmm. is where you want to go, here are some things that we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as those people were sending stuff out, like, are there any conversations that, that like stood out to you as like, wow, like that was a really cool moment or, um, a, an aha moment that somebody had that you're like, wow, like that was, 
that was awesome that we were able to have that that realization moment together in those conversations. Yeah, no, for sure. So most times people come, let's say, to coaching because they have, in the case for me, a job, a career that they want. But part of it is, is it possible? Can I actually achieve that, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just say, for example, in 2020, the key word was pivoting. Everyone was pivoting. Everyone was changing industries. Everyone was looking outside of the work that they were doing and wanting to do something different. But the thing is this, you have that hunch, you have that feeling that I should do something different, but then it's like, one, what is different? Like de- defining that and then also mm-hmm. identifying what's the pathway to actually get there. So for example, I worked with one client, she was in the nonprofit world, wanting to work for a tech company. Uh, in the nonprofit world, you can imagine, you do a million one things, you wear so many different hats, like oh, yeah. you're utilizing so many different key skill sets all at once. And so she didn't really understand how do I talk about myself? How do I actually package myself and market myself to a different industry, a different world? And probably what we worked on was, what are the top two max three skills that you have key expertise in? It's really hard to have expertise mm. in eight, nine, 10 plus things. Like when you think about all the things that you do, what are you really good at doing? And also the intersection of what thing that you really enjoy doing. Right. And let's like clearly define that. So that was an aha moment. She was like, wow, like, let me drill it down. Because in her head, she said, if I actually just showcase all the things I could do, that would make me a more attractive candidate because it shows that I'm super talented. And what I share with her is, yes, when you actually get inside of a company, that's viable, right? Because you can grow, you can learn, you can move from one role to another role. You can right. expand your role because of all the different skills that you have. But on the onset, when you're first actually looking at different roles and opportunities and getting hired for it, companies are looking to hire you for a particular skill set, period. And can you do that within this role? And so really having her to really narrow in and really package and really be able to position herself towards a nonprofit role, right. which we were able to support her in and being able to land a role as a customer, customer success manager. Because she loved working with people. She loved talking with people. She loved learning new products and like helping people to really learn them and to really have max uh, ability to utilize those products. And so uh, it was an aha moment around, okay, like, let me narrow in, let me focus in and like, what's my true expertise and then go forth from there. Right, right. Um, can you still hear me, by the way? Just yeah. out of curiosity? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's, that's really um, special. You know, like so many times um, I saw this in the military a lot. So many Mm -hmm. times people will have jobs and because that job has a specific language that they talk about certain skills in, when you go to transfer to a different sector, it's almost like you have to learn the difference between speaking English and speaking Spanish. Yeah, you know, and it's you're saying the same stuff, and you're you're dealing with the same skill sets, but in one side it may be you know titled something to do with logistics, and on the other side it's like human capital management, right? And and 
both of those require a lot of project management skill, a lot of conflict resolution skill, a lot of ability to kind of navigate personalities and all of those types of things. But on one side of the house is called this and on the other side is called that. So I think that's really that's really fundamental and and cool to to be able to take a skill set that somebody has and, and help them realize, hey, I know that this industry might seem foreign. Yeah. But it's actually you're a lot closer than you think. Very to where you're trying to go yeah did you see that was that was um was that one of the majority of the shifts no, i mean not just nonprofit into tech but was there did you see a lot of people shifting into tech over the course of covid or or was there any type of trends that you saw of people and what career fields they were trying to get into over the course of that year yeah i think there's a lot of shifts all over the place i mean you have folks going from tech maybe into the streaming services. I mean, at that point in time, Netflix, Peacock, Hulu, I mean, Disney Plus were expanding. So yeah, a lot of folks may be going from like a Google to a Netflix, right? You have people mm -hmm. going from, um, let's say finance, but then also interested in tech, or you have people who weren't in for-profit, but just want to do like a lot more meaningful work, maybe going from for-profit to actually nonprofit. So I think you have a lot of shifts and movements across industries. Some industries increase into the number of talent being attracted towards that industry, and some industries lost talent. Like I think the right. education industry and sector schools lost a lot of the talent. So there was a lot of movement, but I would say it wasn't probably in one category per se from, from right. what I've experienced, yeah. I know that the nursing field definitely suffered a lot of talent loss yeah. as well, for sure. I mean, it or was- burnout. Yeah, just burnout. I mean, we yeah. were not that we were um, necessarily being used and abused prior to COVID, but that was, you know, the, there's a already a stipulation on the nursing career field that we were slowly expanding scope without expanding pay. Um, you know, that it when I even when I first started as an RN, our responsibilities were a little bit less. And then we slowly but surely like, hey, by the way, guys, like you're going to now manage part of the ventilator. We know respiratory therapy is qualified to do that, but we don't have enough respiratory therapists. So you're by the patient bedside already. So you can do that, right? Like you're already there. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess, but you know, there's, there's also a lot of anxiety that comes with like, this is a machine that is, you know, keeping this person alive. I worked in the ICU. So yeah. it's like, this is a machine that is keeping the person alive. Like I didn't go to school for oh, like a year or two to learn how to, which button to push at what time. Like I, I know the basics, but um that's yeah. Talent loss, I think, is definitely or an attrition, I think, is definitely something that happened over the course of that year. But OK, so to get us I'm, I'm going to kind of take us out of this this COVID COVID rabbit hole, because I'm sure that you and I could talk for hours about like COVID in general and the talent swap that happened inside of that period of time. And if I say pivot more than one or two times a day at this point, I want to like stop myself <laughs> and, and, and like. You know, you need to calm down that word. I feel like I want to erase from my vocabulary from here on out. Um, but one other thing that I'm really curious about is like when it comes to when it comes to to coaching, you know, and you mentioned that you you pursued a coaching certification and we're kind of coaching you know, started off kind of on the weekends and on weeknights and everything like that. What is what was the um coaching certification that that you pursued? Um, and how do you feel like that, that, 
because you already seem like somebody that naturally would be a good coach, right? So I guess oh, like what, what did you what did you learn inside of that coaching curriculum that you feel like took you maybe to the next thing, yeah. or the next level, and prepared you for actually um, coaching and dealing yeah. with people's livelihoods? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. For, I mean, one is there's a whole world of coaching, like it is a an, an entire industry, and within the industry, there's standards of coaching. Uh, so there's rubrics ways of coaching, um, how you coach, uh, ethics, um, standards, professional standards. And so it's, it's important to learn those things. Uh, I think for me, I probably was coaching before I actually got certified as a coach, um, which was fine at the time. But I think for me, it was important to go through that process and that practice of really understanding the world of coaching, the standards, the ethics, how to coach, best practices, and also to be around other great phenomenal coaches. I mean, the coaches that I uh, trained with, because they did cohort models, and so it was like mm -hmm. 20 of us, um, we're still on WhatsApp, we still connect to this day, and they're all successful, they're all running their businesses and doing great coaching work. And so also just the connections and the ability to practice and learn from others uh, was hugely valuable uh, and really sparked to do the work that I'm doing today. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, listener. Sorry to interrupt the vibes. I'll be out of your way in just a second. It's Jan, the head of community here at Indie Collective. Thanks for making it this far into our episode. Just a reminder that if you're connecting with this story, you can go to IndieCollective.co where you can learn about the program, hear members speak about their experiences, and apply for our next cohort. As a podcast listener, you'll receive priority when applying for an interview as well as a limited-time $500 friends and family discount. All right, I'll get back out of your way. I love that. I love that, um, that every answer so far that you've given about like the way that your expertise has been built has been off of being in conversation with other people pursuing the oh, yeah. same thing. Yeah. I, I love that. About, yeah. about the way that you're answering these questions because I feel so strongly about the power of human conversation and mm -hmm. it upsets me so much when, when I, I talk to people and they say, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to sign up for this or I'm not going to invest in this because I can find it and I can learn it myself. And it, 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 it almost it concerns me to a point where it's like, well, how many people out there are suffering in silence thinking that they have to know all of these things when, because Google and YouTube and all this other stuff, they'll give you almost limitless possibility, right? Wow. There's infinite things to learn and there's always something new to learn and there's always another top five tactics for you to be implementing, <laughs> you know, but until you sit down with, um, with somebody that is actually applied it and has more of that i guess experiential truth rather than just like intellectual knowledge they kind of help you pardon my french here sam but they help you sort through all the bullshit <laughs> you know what i mean like and so it's 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 amazing to me and i think if you're listening to this and, and you're you've been teetering on the edge of either approaching a coach or enlisting in that curriculum or you've found indie collective and you're like maybe this is something that i want to try you know do it if 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 you have the means and you have the ability to go to, i'm not saying drain the last three thousand dollars right. right and like don't jump off the cliff and try to build a plane <laughs> on the way down 
<laughs> you know, but yeah. if you've been standing on the edge for a little bit, like I really hope that this conversation shows you the power of being in that intimate cohort of like-minded people pursuing the same thing. Um, so I just, I wanted to give that shout out a to the way that, that you've been approaching things. And I, yeah. I really love that approach and to remind people that, you know, community is important and, and it's, it's hard. There are so many different ways to try to grow things nowadays, especially with technology and how fast yeah. it's advancing. No, for sure. For sure. Well, one, I want to just shout out in the collective. I'm not sure if folks who are listening to this, if you might be interested in, in it or looked it up and have been contemplating should I join or not join, please definitely join. It's definitely worth it. I mean, you're going to learn a ton. Um, I learned a ton. I'm actually going to go back through it again this um, this fall. And so I just want to give that word of encouragement because I know that for a lot of people, people do hesitate some time around investing in themselves, especially if they're not built that muscle around investing in themselves. And so to make that leap, to make that jump is so important because Yes, there's things online that you can learn and do, but you're actually taking the longer route, right? Mm -hmm. To actually get to the destination of actually being able to make impact and serve people versus people have done what you're trying to do. The, the knowledge information is all organized for you. It's step by step. There's a process, there's a rhyme and reason. And so you can go through that process, connect with people, which is going to shorten the time period for you to actually be able to make for impact and do the work that you want to do right. as a business owner. Right. And I know for myself, when I first started off, um, I told myself, hey, with being your own solo entrepreneur at the time, uh, I wanted to make sure that I connected with people. I didn't want to be in my apartment working all day, every day on Zoom calls, on emails. I wanted to also make sure that uh, I was able to collaborate and build and build community in the work mm -hmm. that I do. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's, I, that was the intention on the onset. And so I enrolled in programs. I connected with people. I had conversations with people. And I will tell you this, every single time I talked, had conversations, it helped to pull the pieces of business together, right? Because when you get in it, it's like, okay, where do I first start? <laughs> like, right. what's the first things first? And so you start on the journey, but then over time, things clarify, things pull together, things connect as you are in community and relationship to others that pulls all the pieces together for them to work, for them for you to then move forward and do the work that you're looking to do here. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, it's like, um, it's, you know, I, you could, you could read like a top five list on Google, right. Or you can watch a YouTube video on like, how do I become a coach? Or, you know, for me, I was like, how do I, I essentially just watched Gary V videos over and over. <laughs> shout out to like, Gary V. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Gary V and D rock when I first off. started. And, um, and so I was like, okay, cool. I just need to be, um, I just need to like put out a bunch of content and like, <laughs> and just like yeah. be everywhere all the time and yeah. like get high on gratitude, not caffeine, you know, like, <laughs> I'm going to go out and do this shit. And then I started to realize like once I got into the, the marketing world at, at like, especially in my local area, right? Like just talking to people inside of the, the local area, I was like, ah, okay, that strategy works for one subset of people. But there are a lot of other strategies out there that work equally as well for different personality types yeah. and different styles of people. And that was a huge, um, I don't want to call it a mistake. It was It was more like a huge gap in the whole like i didn't know what i didn't know yet yeah knowledge piece to where i was able to reach that level of self-acceptance with like 
okay, I can't be, I'm, I can't be Gary Vee. Right? I, can't out, I can't put out that much content. It's incredible what he does. Yeah. Yeah, it is absolutely insane. Like, it's okay, insane. I can't, I can't do that at scale. So I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And I had that realization in a coffee shop, having a conversation with a veteran marketer that was like, this is some, this is a piece of advice that I would give you. Be okay with where you're at in the process. You know, just do the next best thing. Keep having conversations. Keep getting into rooms with mentors and find people, find people who are where you picture yourself and ask them how they got there. Mm-hmm. And that for me finding those people and being willing to send like cold emails for mentorship sessions um, Mm. was exponentially more valuable than going down a half an hour YouTube rabbit hole. (laughs) No, for sure. For sure. No, I I would say this, you know, um, Gary V very much inspired by him because um, from what he was sharing, but also just like the determination effort Mm -hmm. uh, that he was putting forth. I, I really respected him for that. Uh, I actually read his book, Crushing It. I'm not sure if you read the book. Fantastic book, yeah. It was a great book. It was a great book. Read it. It's about social media. Uh, Gary was doing things even before social media became a thing and, like, was already putting out videos and content and, like, really putting out a huge emphasis on that. Uh, And so learned a lot from that. But what I also learned is you got to figure out what is your path. Right. You got to figure out what's your path. And what's interesting, you can go through the Indie Collective you can read Gary Vee's book, Crushing It. You can do all the things, but you have to kind of bring it all together and define it for yourself and then own it within your own voice, within your own ways of how you show up in the world and what impact that you want to have. And that's the real work. That's the real work right. because people can give you advice all day, every day. You can read all the books, podcasts, but really being able to sit with the learning, to sit with yourself, to understand how it connects so that you can have the greatest impact. It's so key. One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, the the whole like intellectual analysis paralysis is a very real, That's real. Yeah. It's a very real concept, man. I yeah. can't count the number of times where I like um, have like read something on LinkedIn. and I'm like, shit, like I thought of that two weeks ago and I should have put that post out. But you know? <laughs> and then and, and then it feels almost sometimes like you're just kind of yelling into a void because you come up with something yeah. that you think is a fantastic piece of content then it goes absolutely nowhere and so it's i think um i think for in my experience it's been really just kind of like detaching from that need of validation for the likes or the shares or yes. uh, the interaction and whatever it's like just okay this is this is my truth i'm putting this out there you know, and yeah. it's, it's for no other reason than this is genuinely what I believe. And I'm genuinely interested in people's feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a place where you're feeling burnt out on content, I would ask yourself, are you trying to project a version of yourself that you think people want to see because of the industry you're in? Or are you putting out genuine content about what you believe about the industry that you're in or your personal experience? Because a lot of the individuals, and I've experienced this too, dude. I didn't put out a podcast for like six months mm. um, on my personal podcast. Now we have, you know, we're back on track. We've released a podcast a week, I think, for the last two months. But okay. that yeah. six month break, thank you. Um, that six month break was because I I was trying to be a marketer. Mm. I wasn't being Jan. Yeah. Right. Like I was putting out content about like, hey, like this is me venting about 
like Squarespace, you know, and, <laughs> or, and, and some like, or here's like some marketing tips that I found and other stuff like that. And it's like, man, that's not me. You know, I could put that stuff in a LinkedIn post, but on a podcast talking, trying to talk for 40 minutes about like Squarespace update features is just not, just not my, <laughs> it's not my yeah. shtick. Um, and, it, and it burnt me out. It burnt yeah. me out because I was like, oh, this is what, this is what, I need to do in order to satisfy and grow inside of this industry. And it was like, no, it's not actually. I found connecting with myself more. And, and I think going back to what you were talking about earlier, just genuinely like, here are things that I found. Here's some tips, you know, or here's what I'm seeing. This is just some of my observations and they're just genuine, genuine observations, feelings of that you have, and you're putting them out there people receive those and it's it tends to go a lot better um yeah i mean no for sure i would simply say that detachment is really really key uh i remember when i would post things and immediately like we want to see does someone like it does someone comment on it Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know when within the first hour you're, you're constantly like looking back at it and for me now it's very much i post I have a time block of when I look at things and respond to things, but I only have that tire, the hour block to respond to things, comment, and that's it. And that's right. it, and then you move on. So, um, and, and however the post performs, it performs, right? Definitely looking at strategy, looking at feedback, looking at your data is so key, so important. Right. Working with someone to improve your content, but not to be so hyped on the likes and the comments and oh, it did well this day, or oh, it didn't do so well. Like it's, it's a piece of content right. that um, as a part of all the content that you put out and, and it all adds up, you know, it right. all adds up and, and moves you forward. So, yeah. right. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go like super Gary V here for like 20 seconds. <laughs> I want to take us into another, another topic area, but, um, don't, don't focus in the micro, right? Everybody listening right now is going to be like, Oh, you're just quoting him 100% at this point. Um, but seriously, like, so when I say the micro, I mean, post by post, right? If you get lost in the post by post, you're, you will be so anxious all day, every day that, that you won't even be able to function on anything outside of looking at the likes on your IG or your LinkedIn or whatever your preferred platform is. Now, I always like to fix that. I I always try to to tell people like, let's switch into the mind of the person viewing your profile, not you putting the content out, right? If that person were to scroll up and down your profile, what are they going to learn about you? It doesn't matter how many likes that post gets or how many, but like when that person comes to you and you've been consistently posting for two years, right? And they go to scroll through your feed. What are they going to learn about you? Are they going to see that you do, you post about nothing but selling the product that you're offering? Mm. Are they going to see that you're attempting to provide value to people or you're posting transparent things about your life? Um, and it's okay to have salesy stuff inside of your feeds, right? Because it's, it's a nat- people expect that people, it's right. a natural understanding of like, Oh, here's a post for them talking about their services. But then the very next thing is them talking about a YouTube video that they watched that was super interesting to them. And they hope that it provides you value. That's the macro. So like yes. when I explain to people, um, like, I'm I'm getting to the point where I've got almost 2000 followers on on LinkedIn which for me is like that's a big deal for me because I haven't gotten 
close to that yet. You know, that was a goal of mine by the end of summer. And I'm, I think yeah. I'm at almost 1900 now, That's good. Yeah. but in the, in the short term, if I were to only focus on the posts, I might get upset every time I don't gain a follower because mm -hmm. of the post. But if I think about my journey over the last two years on LinkedIn, I've gone from a network of like 200 people to now 500 plus connections and almost 2000 followers. And I can't wait to see where I'm going to be five years from now mm -hmm. if I just keep telling stories. Yeah. You know, so that was that's my, it, my it's last the long game. Pug. No, it's good. It's a long game and it's consistency. I think they say consistency is key. I mean, it's like yeah, just 100%. sticking with it. And that's Keep why going. it really sucks. If you're not genuinely passionate about it, it can, it's horrible. Like it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. Keeping, keeping up with content. If you Same. don't genuinely enjoy the content you're trying to put <laughs> no, out, sure. I can't imagine like recording podcasts for an hour every day and, you know, having to do that if I hated it. And there's yeah. no way. And, <laughs> and if you, yeah. so if you're a person that sees like this, the, a YouTuber, right. Having a lot of success, understand that you don't have to be that YouTuber, right? If you're a writer and you really enjoy writing, start a medium and just write every other day, you know, yeah. set a, set a tempo for yourself, create space for yourself to create content in a medium that you genuinely enjoy, that you feel comfortable in and that you're going to stay consistent at. If you can find that, don't worry about the fact that everybody's screaming at you to be on TikTok and you hate making videos. <laughs> like, yeah. that's yeah. that's fine. Let them have the TikTok win, right? Yeah. You focus on being the best damn article writer you could be. Mm -hmm. um, all right, and close. So, <laughs> so back to Larnell Vickers, right? <laughs> Otherwise, this is just going to be a podcast of me and Larnell talking about Gary V. Um, so. It, it takes, like I complimented you earlier, right? You have a very, a very well articulated natural disposition that I feel makes you, you know, really good and for coaching. Um, mm. And so I'm curious that that stands out to me as a superpower of yours, mm. right? Um, but I'd be curious to know, like, what what you perceive your superpower to be, and if there's a time in the past that like you either vividly remember recognizing it or somebody else has been like Larnell, dude, like you're really good at this. Is, have you, have you experienced that in your life? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there's a few that come to mind. I would say the one I want to like really share and emphasize is listening. Like mm -hmm. I've really, well, I think I, I'm a natural good listener, but also I've put a lot of work towards just like I don't listening. Know if I've ever gotten that answer before. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I think part of it also with, with coaching, um, uh, coaching is all about asking powerful questions. Mm. Uh, and it's hard to ask them if you're not really listening, like truly listening to the person and where they're at and what they're sharing. And I think also like in years past and just like me, just being me out in the world, family, friends, loved ones, sometimes it's not about the solution or trying to solve a problem right then and there. I think I learned that early on. It's like sometimes just listening and being with people or reassuring people and that presence, um, that ability to encourage mm -hmm. uh, can go a long way. So I would say that's like one of, and again, like I, I think for me, I've always been fascinated by people's stories mm -hmm. uh, and who they are as people and how they've developed over time and how they've gotten to where they're at in their life. Mm -hmm. And so I took a genuine interest into like people's like life and who they are and like their heart and their passion, their soul and 
their earthly development as people in the world. And so whenever I can come in contact with someone else, like I'm part of their journey at that point in time because we've made a connection. And to be able to like just listen and be with them, it's a profound moment in time uh, for that right. person and for myself. And so just be able to sit and listen and, and do what's called me in that moment, even if it's just uh, taking action, problem solving, or just being there with them. Um, it's key. So I would say that's one of, yeah, I'll definitely own that. I think that's one of my superpowers for sure. Yeah. I love that. I, and, and like I mentioned, um, earlier that, that therapy and coaching are very, very close. It's the same, you know, I've never been a, a coach, right. But I, mm-hmm. um, I worked intensive outpatient psych for, um, a little over a year, um, as a psych, um, nurse. And so I would go into homes with, with counselors and, and sit with, with families as we are working through issues and, you know, providing space for people to safely express themselves with facilitation and, you know, really, really working through some, I mean, deep rooted, um, issues. Um, and every single time anybody got frustrated and this was across the board, I I had a caseload of 70 plus people and and I was personally responsible for 11 of those people, and I had to meet with them multiple times a week, right? So across the board, out of those thousands of interactions that I had over the course of that year, almost every single time somebody got frustrated, it's because they felt like they weren't being heard. Mm. Almost every single yeah. time. And it was so insane to me how simple it was to de-escalate some situations by just listening, yeah. And teaching people how to actively listen, not to respond, but to actually genuinely understand, think about the response and then respond mm-hmm. rather than attempting to form your response as the other person is mid sentence. Yeah. Because that just you're, you're almost it's, it's almost like a um, it's almost like a pride thing. Like you're like, oh, I know exactly where they're going next. (laughs) And so you're already thinking about how you're going to respond. And what happens is, is as your brain is coming up that response, it has stopped listening Mm -hmm. to the other person. So I, I definitely, I definitely 100% agree that listening qualifies as a superpower. And I, like I said, I have not, I don't think I've gotten that answer yet to that (laughs) question. So I love that. Um, when when it comes to career coaching or or you know just being inside of a space where your job is really you know helping people identify their talent and maybe helping them articulate that a little bit better develop it what are what are some common um questions that people ask you or like some common quick fixes that you know that like when somebody comes in genuinely these are the first couple of things um, that we need to address? Or does it vary so wildly person to person that there really isn't a, a predictable place to start? Yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, for a lot of people, and it's a journey, it's important to really get to know you. And that's just in all aspects of life. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a bigger conversation. But you got to really know you. You got to really know you. And so it comes to the point where it's not just like the skill sets, your, your talents, your abilities, your knowledge, Right, but also understanding what type of manager do you want to work with? What type of environments do you thrive in? Uh, if it's more so remote or is it more so in person? Uh, what type of work gives you energy? When do you actually want to do that work um, as well? 
So I think that's that's really critical. That's important because when you can really articul- articulate you and what you want and how you provide value to a company and what you see for the impact that you want to create for a company, it's inspiring because most times people don't tend to do that deep, deep work around themselves and knowing themselves. And again, it's always a journey, right? We're always growing as people mm-hmm. and we're always changing as people. So we always have to meet ourselves where we're at to understand what we truly want at that point in time. But to really always do that work and to always be for ourselves really helps for someone to really identify, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I see myself going. And this are the ways I can communicate that to be able to take action and move myself forward. And that's right. part of just coaching, right? That really supports people in getting into the ring and taking action and making it happen for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now that, that makes me curious. When, when you first started your journey, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you were in this process of kind of discovering yourself and, and taking that, you know, that leap of faith um, into the entrepreneurial world. How, how did you, how did you drive towards this purpose-driven career you know, and, and, and really kind of develop it into what you saw for yourself? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one is, and this is, I think, for most coaches, uh, you build a business for the thing that you never had for yourself. Like, I never had a career coach. Uh, I never had... Damn. Um, especially a black career coach. That is, that uh, is, that is deep. <laughs> yeah like i never had a community of sorts that really i can connect with from a more like purpose-driven standpoint where right? i had community in terms of like climbing the ladder right of success and like network and like do all these different things but not from the standpoint of like okay like what is what's your calling what do you really want and actually to be able to go after it so for me uh, I found myself sometimes in roles and opportunities where, you know, it was good work and I was moving myself forward, but it wasn't meaningful. It wasn't the work that I was given to do at that moment in time. So even for myself, and I was sharing earlier, around you have to know yourself. I had to go on that journey of really getting to know me and getting to know Larnell and what I really wanted and be able to then define that and then create that for myself in my life. So the thing that I call for for others is the work that I also do for myself. And so to be able to go on that journey to define what impact looks like, like literally, what is success? Like, what does impact look like? What does it look like when I'm showing up as my highest and best self? And really getting crystal clear around that and then making that come to life uh, and then going forward from there. Now, when when you're in the process of making something, taking something and making it more crystal clear for yourself, <clears throat> Um, a lot of times that takes a lot of self-reflection. It takes a lot of, you know, um, I say, I say boredom, right? And, and I, I was just having a conversation with a gentleman yesterday who I'm going to be interviewing on my show, um, coming up and, and he's a philosopher. Um, he was a philosophy professor at my university and we were talking about how boredom is becoming a commodity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there's so much stimulation out there that for a long time, stimulation was the commodity. And it was mm-hmm. difficult to try to find things stimulating, right? But now that technology is a thing, we have these little bad boys. Mm-hmm. And I just held up my phone. I just realized nobody's going to be able to see that except for you. And me. <laughs> so I just held up my iPhone into the, into the camera for Larnell to see. And now that everybody has those, it's actually the opposite 
um, that we have less time than ever that we actually take to purposely disconnect. So when you were on that journey of self-discovery, what are some ways that you spent time with yourself to discover yourself? Hopefully that question makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So, and I would like to, if we can, we can I'm open to having a conversation around it, but I think when we, when we say boredom, I think people run away from that because people don't like to be bored. Mm. And I don't think self-reflection has to be boring. Um, Ooh, okay. And so, yeah, yeah, because I think that, and I think it's all about like reframing. I think all about mindsets. I think about how we approach things in perspective. It's all key right, right, right. for us to really engage in something in a very um, substantial way for us to really um, lean into it. And I, I do think, uh, I love to use words like discovery, like what does it look like to just discover? What it looks like just to learn? What does it look like just to be with oneself and to see what comes up? And then from that thought, then it, it, it spurs the next thought and so on and so forth, um, which is really cool. And so I think that how can we reframe it in a way that people would want to actually engage, which is actually interesting enough because a lot of times people were saying like, during COVID times, I know we keep going back to it, but it's kind of it's like hey, that people have to be. Man. It's prevalent, yeah. but people had to be with themselves. People have to yeah. be home. People had to sit with themselves, you know. And most times, people might deem it as, "Oh, I mean, that's boring. I just want to go outside. I want to be around people." But I do think that there's um, there's something special about you and you meeting you, uh, and especially going on a journey of you meeting you, the real you, for the very first time. Right. And, you know, you can imagine the number of times we lie to ourselves, we tell ourselves half-truths, mm-hmm. we're not real honest for ourselves, and so being very honest about what am I good at, what am I not good at, <laughs> you know, like, right. why am I doing work that's actually not alignment to calling and purpose, like, is it being that I'm driven by fear that has me to be there, like, that's a real conversation, and so really doing that work, di- diving deeply into it. And knowing that with a, along with awareness comes action and being willing to take that big leap right. to shift or to change the dynamics of your life and what's currently happening right now. So uh, I think that's all fascinating, honestly, yeah. when you can really do that. And so for me, again, I get it. I've been there myself. Where I'm like opening a journal and just writing all day. That didn't really click for me. And so mm-hmm. I had to really just um, spend time with my thoughts. Uh, I would do spurts of like just writing wherever it came up for me, and then I would just like close it and then open it up and then sit with it, and then from there say, okay, what's the one action I could take towards moving that thing forward for the thing right. that came up for me in that moment? And it might be just calling someone or sharing with someone, or it might be sending an email off for someone, or you know, booking a ticket and going somewhere or going to a conference, wherever it might be, but actually not being fearful or dragging my feet and taking action towards the awareness that came in that moment for me. There's so much that I want to unpack about all of that. <laughs> but we're, we're, gonna, we're running up on a time block. I almost, um, oh my gosh. Okay, so I like when it comes to um, like that journaling piece or like sitting with yourself in the, the opposite or not the opposite, but like reframing the boredom, right? I think that that's a great way to look at it because although – by what I'm using boredom as the definition as is the lack of stimulation. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely true that genuinely, if you say, Oh, I'm bored, that has a negative connotation to it. You don't want to be bored. (laughs) But, but what you just did was, was 
reframe stimulation from technology or whatever else and say, hey, you are actually a really stimulating person when you interact with yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and so to explain, I feel like I want to explain the difference between you and yourself just slightly so that the audience can kind of grasp what I think we're kind of grabbing at. Um, so you have um, thoughts, right? And thoughts are constantly entering in and out of your mind. And for a lot of people out there, and this was me until I entered, um, I have a minor in psychology of personality. And then when I entered the psych field, I started to learn a lot more about this, is that there's a difference between your mind, the thing that is able to detect those thoughts that thoughts come in and out of, and the you, quote unquote, um, or your consciousness that is able to observe those thoughts as they come in and out of your head, right? And it was a huge realization for me when I realized I am not my thoughts, right? I am not the things that are popping in and out of my mind. I am something that is capable of observing them, taking them for what they are, and deciding whether or not it's something that I should integrate into me, mm -hmm. which is a different thing. And so when you get the chance to sit down and you allow you, your consciousness, to observe your mind, your thoughts, that is a really, that is not boring at all. That is a very, very interesting, intimate space to be in. Um, and for me, I couldn't do it through journaling. I'm so ADHD that if I were to mm -hmm. sit down and try to focus on journaling, there's no way that it would happen. And so what I found that works for me is I, um, I'll go on walks or I'll go on and oh, I'll do exercise yeah. and, and I will audio transcribe thoughts to myself yes. as I'm walking. Um, because I was seeing all of these people journaling and I was just getting angry with myself. I was like, why can't mm -hmm. you do this? You know, like, this is really frustrating. You should be like, this is what everybody is saying is the best yeah. way for you to try to connect with yourself. And then I realized like, oh, I don't have to do what everybody else is doing to try to connect. You know, I can yeah. do what I, what I am comfortable with and find a system that works for me. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I love that, that that's where we're kind of ending, that it's like, you know, when it comes down to stepping into yourself and making a leap or making a transition, whether, you know, it's a career or it's a promotion or it's a new line of business that you want to start for your company or it's a new service you're trying to offer, you know, whatever you're trying to do in life that causes a transition, you'd be surprised how not boring it is yeah. to sit with yourself and allow yourself to process through what all of that means. Yeah. No, it's, it's so true. You got to find what works for you, you know? And what are those moments that allow for you to open up thoughts and thinking, right? So like for me, like working out and then immediately going to the park and walking in the park, right? Or staying at a bench and just being with myself, it allows for me to actually unlock what's coming up for me. Mm -hmm. And so find a thing that's actually for you that allows for that. Um, you know, it might be yoga, like doing some yoga, or it might be also, conversations are powerful sometimes. Sometimes you have a powerful conversation, you just sit with yourself after that conversation, just feel for your thoughts as well. Because, mm. you know, conversations can unlock aha moments, 
right? Or even podcasts, right? Listening to a yeah. podcast and like processing just being with your thoughts after you listen to something powerful can be really key. So um, definitely with you on that for sure. I love that. Well, cool. So I um I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of wrap us up here because we're we're coming up on our hour. Um, yeah. So a I mean thank you for your time. Um, I appreciate this has been a phenomenal conversation. I knew it was going to be, but I'm I'm I've I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot inside of this conversation. So I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I have I have one last question, and and where people can find you and and all that other stuff. So we'll kind of you know allow the audience to to figure out where they can hang out with you more. But um, my my final question to kind of take us out is: Are you a reader, a listener, or a watcher? And depending on what answer you choose could you recommend a book a podcast or a youtube channel um to the listeners that you find value in and it can't be mm. the modern independent <laughs> <laughs> um so i would say a listener um what i actually love i guess reading and listening um I want to shout out to two people who have actually played a role in my life. So Mass and Kip, I'm not sure if you follow him or mm-hmm. listen to him. Um, but Mass and Kip is, is profound and, and really talks about like purpose and life and aligning work to purpose. And so uh, that has been powerful. So anyone who was actually wanting to check out Mass and, you know, it's a podcast or he also has books as well. Um, also Lewis Howes, uh, I'm not sure if you follow him, but mm-hmm. the School of Greatness Yep. Uh, as well has played a, a profound impact in my life and just like following his work, listening to his podcast. He has books as well. I've read some of his books. And so uh, definitely in those two, I would say uh, definitely check out. Amazing. And then where can, where can the listeners find oh, you? Oh, yes. So for me, you can find me on Instagram, Larno Vickers, as well as LinkedIn. Uh, it's my first and last name as well. Please connect with me, message me as well. Um, if you have any questions, if you want to continue to connect, uh, we'd love to do so on LinkedIn and Instagram. I'm on both platforms. Amazing. All right, everybody. Until next time, this has been another episode of The Launchpad, courtesy of the Modern Independent and Indie Collective. Have a great day, y'all.